Okay. So today we're going to read from the Monster Stories book. And we are reading in the second section of this book, which is the Bogarts, Trolls, and Goblins section. We're reading the fourth story, which is called How the Goblins Turned to Stone. And it's by William Elliot Griffiths. And it's read today by Mommy and... And Poe. Are you Poe? Are you Poe down yeah, again? Okay. I love it when you're Poe. Are you ready? Are you ready? The resistance sent me. Good. I'm so happy that you're here. I have wisdom for you from this story. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. I hope it's not about the first order. No, no, it's about something all else together, all very different. I hope it's not about trolls. I don't think it's about trolls either. Are you ready to listen? I hope it's not about goblins. I might have bad news for you then. What is it? <laughs> Let's find out. How the goblins turned to stone. <laughs> Goblin. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the monster goblins that used to live in Holland were ugly, short fellows, very smart, quick in action, and able to travel far in a second. They had big heads, green eyes, and split feet like cows. They were so ugly that they were ordered to live underground and never come out during the day and if they did they would be turned to stone the ruler of the goblins lived beneath the earth as the king of the underworld his palace was made of gold and glittered with gems all the goblins who worked in the mines and at the forges and anvils, making swords and spears and bells and jewels, obeyed him. The most wonderful thing about these monsters was the way in which they made themselves invisible while at their mischief. There was a little red cap that every goblin possessed, and which he was careful never to lose. For while under it, no goblin could be seen by human eyes. Do you understand what that means? Yeah. What does that mean? No human can see that goblin who's wearing that cap. Right. Do you wish you had a cap like that? Yeah. I thought you might. You <laughs> could do whatever you wanted. Sneaky, sneaky. One night, as a dear old lady lay ill in her bed, a middle-sized goblin with his red cap on came through a crack into the room and stood at the foot of her bed. Just for mischief and to frighten her by making himself visible, he took off his red cap. And when the old lady saw the imp, she cried out loudly, Go away! Oh, go away! 
But the goblin monster only laughed at her. I put the cap on. Calling her daughter Alida, the old lady whispered in her ear, Bring me my wooden shoes straight away. Rising up in her bed, the old lady hurled the heavy clogs, one after the other, at the goblin's head. At this, he started to get out through the crack and away, but just as he squeezed through, Alida snatched his red cap away. Twirling the little red cap round on her forefinger, a brilliant thought struck her. She went and told the men her plan, and they all agreed to it. This was to gather hundreds of farmers, folk town, boys, and men together on the next moonlit night and round up all the goblins in town by pulling off their red caps and holding them until the sun rose. And then they would all be turned to stone. Knowing that the goblin would come the next night to steal back his red cap, she left a note outside the crack telling him to bring several hundred goblins to the great moor at midnight the next day. And there he would find the red cap on a bush. With his companions, he could celebrate the return of the cap. In return, she asked the goblin to bring her a gold necklace. The moonlit night came round and hundreds of the men gathered together. The plan was to move together in a circle towards the center where Alida was to hang the red cap on a bush. Then, with a rush, the men were to snatch off all the goblins' caps, pulling and grabbing, whether or they could see or feel anything or not. The placing of the red cap upon the bush in the center by Alita was the signal. So, when the great roundup narrowed to a small space, the men began to grab, snatch, and pull, putting their hands out in the air at the height of about a yard from the ground. They rustled and hustled and pushed hard. In a few minutes, hundreds of red caps were in their hands and as many goblins became visible. They were indeed an ugly collection, but hundreds of other goblins escaped with their caps on and were still visible. However, as they broke away in groups, they were seen, for in each bunch, one or more fellow was visible because he wasn't wearing his cap. So the men divided into squads to chase the monsters. The racket kept up till the sky in the east was gray. The goblins were anxious to help their fellows or to get back to their own to get back their own caps, fearing the disgrace of returning bareheaded to their king and getting a good scolding. So before they even knew it was day, the sun suddenly rose on them. At the first ray of the sun, the goblins were all turned 
to stone. The treeless, desolate land that a moment before was full of struggling goblins and men became as quiet as the blue sky above. Nothing but some groups of rounded rocks and stones remained of the ugly goblins. There, these groups of rocks and stones, big and little, lie to this day. Among the buckwheat and the potato blossoms of the summer, under the shadows and the clouds and the whispering breezes of autumn, and covered with the snows of winter, they can be seen on deserted heaths. Over some of the rocks and stones, oak trees centuries old have grown. Others are near or among the farmer's grain fields, or not far from the houses or barnyards. And the cows wander and graze among the groups of rocks and stones, knowing nothing of their past or how they got there. And the monster goblins come no more. And that is the end of that story. And I, I do I do kind of feel sad for the goblins. Well, how would you like it if somebody took your hat and then turned you into stone? Sad. Of course, it all began because one of the goblins was doing a very mean thing by trying to upset a sweet little old lady who was dying. She's so sick in bed. Last thing you want to do is go in there and be mean to someone. So I guess he kind of deserved to have his hat taken away from him because he was misusing it. Still, kind of makes you feel bad for the goblins just a little bit, don't you think? No? Just something to think about. And that is the end. The end? The end. The end.